0: And this evening, if it gets to be about four thirty, and you're looking outside and it's raining a little bit, and you're thinking, ah, "I just don't know if I want to get out tonight," I want you to think about the choir standing out in the cold the last two years, ministering to you, and say, "You know what? I think I'm going to go, and I'm going to bring somebody with me. It's going to be a really, really special time tonight." As you heard a little while ago during the children's message we're going to be talking together about the three kings this morning I know I've got it all out of order it's probably throwing your Christmas out of whack this year because after all last Sunday I preached about Mary and Joseph and now I'm talking about the three kings and those shepherds are still back on the hillside somewhere they haven't shown up yet how do you preach a message about the wise men We still haven't seen the shepherds at the manger. But I have to tell you, while it's out of order, it's exactly right this morning. Kyle and Mackenzie and Ruby Claire have reminded us of something really important this morning, and it is this. Everybody wants to see the baby. No matter who that baby is and where that baby may be found, everybody wants to see the baby. I'm sure that, Kyle, that's one of the things you and Mackenzie have learned over these past couple of months is wherever you go and whoever you're with, people want to see the baby. You go to see your family. They don't care whether you're there or not. You're the one who holds the baby. It's true when you go to church. It's true when you go to other places. It's true when you go to the grocery store and you're surrounded by people you don't even know. Everybody wants to see the baby. And that's exactly true of those wise men who came to discover the infant Jesus. Last Sunday, we looked at some of the hard choices that Joseph had to make during the birth of Christ to carry his wife to Bethlehem at the worst possible moment, to leave Bethlehem and go to Egypt, to come from Egypt back to Nazareth. The Magi had a calling of their own. The Lord said to them, children, go where I send thee. And then he said to these wise men, go see the baby. Go see the young child born the king of the Jews. This morning I want to take some time so we can discover together what the wise men were required to do in order to hear God's call and to go see the baby. The first thing that we see when we read about the story of the wise men in the Gospel of Matthew is this, the wise men stepped out in faith. The first time the Bible reveals these visitors from the east, they're asking that question, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. These men had traveled a great distance to see the new king. Now, when it talks about these men who came from the east, it's not talking about the far east, but rather the near east. But they traveled a long way, trying to find their way along in order to see the new king. And they'd done it all by the light of a star. There was no angelic messenger who came to them and said, I'll show you the way. Instead, they came believing that the Lord would show them the way, and he would show them one step at a time. They set out from home, not really sure where they were going to go. They weren't even sure how they would know when they'd gotten there, but this is what they knew. The God who has sent us, the God who has called us, the God who is with us is the God who's going to get us all the way to the end of the journey. Their job was not to know what God was doing. Their job was to follow what God was going to tell them day by day. That may be the hardest thing of all. You know, the hardest thing of all is to follow God, trusting him one day, one mile, one step at a time. We all pray and say, I really want to know God's will for my life. I really want to know where God is leading. But what we're really saying is this, because it's human nature. When God shows me the destination, when God tells me, get up and move, then I will get up and move. When I know where I'm going, then I'll do something about it. That is not the pattern we see in the Scripture. The pattern we see in Scripture is that God calls us to move, and as we move, God speaks. All along the journey, God tells us that was true of Abraham in the book of Genesis. It was true of the Hebrew children as they made their way through the wilderness. It was true of the disciples as they followed Jesus day by day. It was what the apostles did when they were forced to flee Jerusalem. It was the theme of Paul's missionary journeys. God said to every one of them, you get up and you move, and as you move, I will tell you what to do. Now, that is not what I want to do, and it's not what you want to do. What do we want to do? We want to sit back and wait. And God, when you speak, and God, when you show me everything that's going to happen, God, when you provide every need, God, when you've done it all, then I'll get up and move. But that's not what the Lord says to us at all. God says, get up and go. You go in faith. One step at a time. And when you've taken that step, then I will show you the next step. And that's exactly what these wise men did all the way from the east to Jerusalem. One step at a time, they trusted what God was saying to them. Because sometimes you just have to trust God and take him at his word. There may be times when, like the Magi, you feel as though you're following through the darkness. You don't know what God has in mind. You're not sure where He's leading you to go. You're not even sure how you're going to get there. This is what you know He is leading. I will follow. He is leading. I will step out and I will go. The wise men are an example of what happens when you're willing to step out in faith. They're our example of what it means to live in trust. And even though they did not know the way, they saw the star and they journeyed by the light they were given. I will step out and follow. They realized the star was going to lead to a king, and they were willing to go where it led so they could see the baby that was born to save the world. One of the great temptations you and I face is to believe that until we understand it all, we can't follow what the Lord is doing. But the wise men remind us, following the Lord is not just about the destination. It's about the journey. Children, go where I send thee. You see, there's something we need to remember about the wise men. The wise men were willing to step out believing that the Lord has a plan. These kings quickly realized they were in the middle of something bigger than any of them could imagine. They were not on a sightseeing tour. They were not saying, I wonder what we'll encounter along the way. What they recognized was this. We are part of God's great plan. God has sent a new king into the world, and he's given us the opportunity to be witnesses to what he's doing. They were being challenged to go and be witnesses to the fulfillment of a great promise hundreds of years before the lord revealed that they would be wit- uh, revealed that they would be the witnesses to the birth of his son just a few moments ago you heard dr hutchins talk about that prophecy from 400 years ago but 300 years before that god's already talking and he's not just talking about the baby that's coming he's talking about those kings who are going to be sent to visit The new baby listen to what he says in Isaiah chapter 60 about Christ himself he said arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you there's a king coming just wait God is sending the one who's going to be the Savior of the world and when he does there are going to be some special witnesses that are part of it all The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. They'll come following a star. The light is going to guide their way. And Isaiah even talked about what was going to happen when they arrived with Jesus. And all those from Sheba shall come, and they shall bring gold and incense and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord what is Isaiah reminding us Isaiah is reminding us that the coming of the wise men was not accidental it was not a last-minute decision that the Lord came up with it was part of the plan it had always been part of the plan In the same way as believers in Christ Jesus you can rest Easy in the knowledge that God has a plan. We may not always see it right away. We not, may not always be aware of it, but God is always at work and He always has a plan. He has a plan that is for all people. Like the Magi, all of us are invited to come into the presence of Jesus. Here's the thing their invitation was to his coming our invitation is to be present when everything is brought to a conclusion we're invited to join him in his heavenly kingdom and listen to what the bible says It says, and he showed me a pure river, the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and there shall be no night there. And they shall need no lamp nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Do you realize that Revelation 22 is about what what Matthew 2 is all about? God is going to send the Savior, his only begotten Son. He will come to redeem mankind. He will teach us and show us what God is like The day is going to come when our sin is going to place him on a cross and he's going to die and be buried and rise again. And the one who is risen will ascend to the Father. But someday that Savior is going to come to redeem his own and then we will forever be with the Lord God has a plan for everyone who is willing to believe his plan is for all of his people but his plan is also for each of his people God has a plan a plan for the world A plan for believers. A plan that goes into eternity. But never forget this. And God has a plan for you. A personal plan. An individual plan. Because God doesn't just love us. He loves you. The Lord has a personal plan for every soul. Long ago, King David wrote a psalm about God's personal plan for his life. And this incredible uh, revelation that God gave to David are words that apply just as much to Ruby Claire this morning. Listen to what he wrote. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me and as yet there were none of them. What does that say? God has a personal plan for your daughter. That plan involves her coming to know him personally one day. But every day he will be there to lead her, to protect her, to reveal his love to her. He has a plan for you. That you will raise her and love her and support her and encourage her and challenge her and let her know how precious she is. God has a plan for every one of us. It's a passage that doesn't just apply to a newborn baby. It applied to King David. It applies to you. God has a plan for your life. That's why you have the talents that you've been given. It's why you have the gifts you have. It's why you have the nature that is given to you. And it's why in our individual hearts we hear God calling so that we can know the Lord Jesus in a personal way. But that's not all the wise men did. The wise men also brought their best to the Lord. The Bible says they presented him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Each gift was precious. Each gift would be significant to him at some point in his life. But the most important thing about the gifts of the wise men is not so much what they brought as it is the fact that they gave him the very best they had to offer him. When they saw the king, one of the things they knew is this, I want him to have the very best and when the star led them to Jesus they worshiped him by holding nothing back they honored him with the best that they had to give to him next Sunday is going to be a very important Sunday in the life of our church Next Sunday at the beginning of our service, we're going to bring our Lottie Moon offering for international missions to the Lord. My prayer is this, that we will reach and exceed our $70,000 goal on that day. I am praying that by the end of next week's service, I'll have that opportunity to share with you. And I hope that you'll be a part of that offering but I want you to hear something. I'm not encouraging you to participate so that we can say we reached a goal. The Lottie Moon Offering is not about reaching goals. It's about the gospel. It's about recognizing individually and as a church and as a denomination of Southern Baptist churches, we can say together we made a commitment to touch the world in the name of Jesus it's what he deserves together we are committing to support the Lottie Moon offering and every penny of that money will be used to send and equip missionaries to carry the gospel not one penny will be used for any other purpose But even sending and equipping missionaries is not the primary reason that I encourage you to give and give sacrificially. I want you to do this as an offering of the best you have to the one who earned it the most. To let it be an act of love and worship for the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the thing I love about how we do the Lottie Moon offering, how we participate in the cooperative program, how we practice our giving. This is what I love. Next Sunday, some of us are going to be able to give large amounts to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Others of us won't be able to give quite that much But together we do what none of us could do alone. It's not really the amount that matters. What matters is that each of us bring an offering that is our best expression of love to Christ. That's what the wise men did they figured out what's the best thing we can bring to the baby. And as they traveled across the countryside, they kept hold of it, protected it carefully, and offered it to Jesus. And that's what the Lord expects from each of us, not just about the things we can hold in our hands, about our lives, about our souls, about our spirits. I want to give it to him. I want him to own my life, my gifts, my worship, my love. I just want to give it all to him. And know that I didn't hold anything back from him that was of great value. Because I really want him to have it all. And yes, it's important that we participate in an offering, but you know what he really wants is your life, your heart, your soul. What he really wants is your faith. What he really wants is for you to trust him as Savior and Lord. And maybe you're here today and you're not a believer. Maybe today is the day when you need to say to Jesus Christ, Take my life and I receive your gift. everlasting life and if that's something you need to do in a moment when we stand and when we sing our invitation hymn, I'll be here at the front dr. Hutchins will be here all you need to do is say today I want to trust Jesus I want to place my faith in him or maybe it's about becoming a member of this church and coming forward and saying in a very official way today I commit myself to serve Jesus as a member of First Baptist and you need to come or maybe there's something else you need to offer him you know it may be this morning that God is speaking to you in your heart of hearts and he is saying to you this is what I want from you will you surrender it to him let him speak to your heart we're going to stand we're going to sing our invitation hymn as God moves you come a great day in God's house. So many things have blessed us. I'm glad we got to share this time together. And I really am looking forward to tonight. It's going to be a great time. And let me just share this too. As you come, the musical they're going to be presenting has a very strong gospel message. So if you have folks that you know need to hear the message of how much God loves them, you invite them to come, bring them with you. It's going to be a great time. Let's bow together now for our Final prayer, and then one last song as we dismiss from the service. Father, thank you that you lead us to you. That, Father, you shine a light. It may not be a star we look up in the sky and see, but it's a a light that shines within our lives, in our hearts, and it draws us to Christ. Lord, during this Christmas season, we just want to pray Help us, Father, to come to the one who loves us the most. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You good?